After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks. That's right, we are here to talk about TV commercials. The good ones, the bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. Adversity came to town and said, show me what you're made of. Mm, I think I'm mostly made up of uh, sausage and farts at this point. Hi everybody, my name is Andrew Walsh. That was gross and uncalled for. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hey, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. <laughs> what are you made of? I see you scowling at me uh, over there. That's made of walking out the door. <laughs> Leave you in here. <laughs> With my sausage and my farts. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, you mentioned it on the show last week, Genevieve. You said that we have been getting a lot of conversations and emails and emails and Facebook things, and we should dedicate a show to the Ad Council today, figure out what people are talking about. So that's what we're doing. Do we call it an Ad Council ad extravaganza still? I don't know. We just usually come up with a name that we that feels right. Maybe that was a name once. Probably. I like it, though. I think that can be maybe our, our umbrella term, but we don't have to get into that now. We have um, all kinds of commercials to discuss today from you guys, the ad counselors. We have COVID commercials galore. Not all COVID commercials, but a lot of COVID commercials to kick things off, uh, from the sentimental to the self-congratulatory to a reboot of a classic. Let's get into it. <music> It's a record, Genevieve. We are being so professional today. We started our first <laughs> segment like less than two minutes into the show. Just like, yeah. boom, there and it is. And this is our first take. Let's, that's right. I didn't have we'll, to restart. We'll peek behind the curtain. Yeah. Um, we're just nailing it. Yeah. I almost feel like, let me just... Should we just say goodbye now while it's a perfect show? Yeah, just like, just so we, we can't mess it up. That's right. I'll tell you what. We'll keep going. And the first time I feel like I'm going to stumble, we'll just end the show, okay? Okay. Uh, let's start, though, uh, by talking about some of these COVID commercials. This first one was posted to Facebook um, can we, by can Jason. Can we do a quick sidebar? Yeah, yeah, of course. Because I've been wanting... I mean, we were going... We, everything was going so yeah. well. Why would we want to continue doing that? bring us to a screeching halt for something that I've been wanting to talk about. Which is not really commercial related at all. Oh, good. But oh, good. But COVID related, right? You said COVID. Oh yeah. I, you know, I haven't really been thinking about my words that much. Is that a? No, no. I I mean COVID. It's COVID nineteen. Yeah. Can we say just? Can we just call it COVID because the the scientists named it COVID nineteen because it's uh corona, uh, vi- I forget what the co. It's like cov. It's like. ID stands for something. 19 stands for 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody either calls it the Rona. I don't like that. I don't particularly like it either. I wonder if it's a regional thing. Um, but I like COVID. I think COVID's fine. But is there going to be another... Could there be another COVID if the same kind of virus came back in 2024? Would we have COVID-24? And then... Am I the idiot for calling it COVID because now there's two COVIDs? Or can well, we all just agree as a society to switch to COVID? I mean, I think right now, if you say COVID, your meaning will be clear. Sure. I don't think anybody's going to be like, are you talking about the 2024 COVID <laughs> that's coming? <laughs> 
So I say we just like, you know. Language you, is, an, is a living thing. You can right. call it the great COVID for now. And if we have another one, then, <laughs> then it'll it, be COVID-1. COVID-1. I mean, I, I really feel like you have a lot of options. I like the great COVID. <laughs> I might start adopting that. All right. Can oh, we get back to it commercials? Was, it was a wild time during the great COVID. <laughs> That's how as, you can tell. As I thought of it. You can tell when a movie was made, yeah. whether they called it the great COVID <laughs> or COVID-1. COVID-1. <laughs> Um. Oh man, that was good though. That's a good riff because it brought together some of the <laughs> best parts of comedy, which is world wars and global pandemics. I mean, right in the I middle there is trying, the sweet spot. I wasn't trying to do comedy. <laughs> I've never tried to do comedy, and anything that I've ever said that's been funny was incidental. Oh my god! You know the story. I'm gonna now. You've destroyed the show, by the way. Okay. I told a longer version of this on TVTL recently. I'll tell you. Oh the great! Very, so it's no, no. I'll it's, tell you the very uh, short version now. Flappy seconds. We have uh, listeners to the show that have nothing to do with and want nothing to do with TBTL. So um, I'll tell this very quickly. But speaking of like not trying to be funny versus trying to be funny, um, when I was in college, I took a speech giving class. Uh, not a speech writing class, but, you know, like a public speaking class, I guess I should say. And the first speech I gave had to be about, uh, I think we had to do like kind of a sales pitch on mm-hmm. something. And I waited to the very last minute. I went to the grocery store. In line at the grocery store, I saw one of those baby names books, like the size of a Reader's Digest or whatever. And I'm like, ah, whatever. I'll try to sell this. And I, you know, wrote a little speech about why you should buy this baby names book. And I wasn't trying to be funny, but the class was uproarious. Is that the right word? Like they were into you, it. You were uproarious. I was uproarious. They were roarious. They were loud and laughing. And I was like, oh, they my God. They were in an uproar. And I killed it. And I was like, that was great. And so what do you think happened next? My, I mean, you, you're you asking me, but I know because you know I've known story. you for 20 years. You know this story or yeah. you just know me? No, I know this story. Um, and so I, uh, I, my next speech, and I don't remember what it was about. I know I gave one on Alan Greenspan. I don't know if it was this one. That Alan one, Greenspan. That, Alan Greenspan killed. Oh, yeah. You know, you throw that in with global pandemic and a <laughs> gray war joke. You're, you're like in, in comedy gold there. But anyway, of course, the next time I get up there, uh, a month or two later with my next speech, I'm like, oh, man, I'm a real funny guy. And I wrote jokes. And I remember the first time and I paused for laughter and it didn't come. And that scarred me. And I carry that scar. It was a disaster. Really? I, so I it was so y- you clear. were not able to recalibrate. It was so clear that I was trying to be funny. Uh-huh. And in my speech, I'd written laugh lines. Were you God, selling those? So I'm embarrassed. Were you now. selling thirsty brand paper towels? <laughs> there is a brand of paper towels called Thirsty, and I always take pictures of them in the store and send them to Veeves whenever <laughs> I feel like she's being thirsty. Anyway, see, this is what happens. You just wanted to ask one quick question about COVID. Now we're ten minutes into the show, practically. Speaking of COVID, now oh, I have come a come on. <laughs> okay. All right, let's talk about this article. Jason posted this. This is from Fast Company. Posted it to our Facebook page. The headline on this Fast Company article is Frito Lay's new. COVID-19 ad is anti-brand manifesto. Too bad it's still a commercial. So I'm going to play this for you. I believe we're going to have to narrate the entire thing, but I think it's going to be kind of obvious the tone of this commercial. It starts with that 
uh, pensive piano yeah, that we've been hearing. In fact, the pensive piano was featured in the one we talked about last week. That's the mish- the mashup of all of the all oh, yeah. the COVID ads. This particular, you know, this commercial, and you know that that was in the yeah. in the mashup. So. Um, this is a Frito-Lay commercial called It's About the People, and it's a minute long, and it's got that serious music. It's got um, a bunch of text on the screen, which I will read to you, or maybe we'll – do you want to alternate on that, Genevieve? No, you just read or it. Would you, like to, would you like to read it? No, I've been I've talking. I've been doing a lot of talking. No, I've been doing a lot of talking. Um, and the images go along with uh, the text on the screen. You will see um, frontline workers, doctors, etc., cetera, um, and people struggling to get by. At the end, you will see a lot of people at home uh, being lovely around their families and lovable around their families because, as Frito-Lay wants you to know, it's about people, not brands. Things are hard right now. The world doesn't need brands to tell us how to think or feel. The world needs brands to take action. That's what we've been focused on at Frito-Lay. Creating 3,000 new full-time jobs with benefits. Donating over $15 million towards relief efforts across North America. Providing 20 million nutritious meals for at-risk students and families. With Food for Good, No Kid Hungry, Bayer University, and the USDA, and funding mobile health clinics to provide COVID-19 screenings for the public. We're not changing our logo. We're not asking America to donate for us. This is not about brands. It's about people. It's about people. It's about people. I don't know if they want you to read it three times. Or well, just they're just keeping keep, it on the screen for a long time. Keep reading it while people show up. And this up. is just the start. Go to Frito-Lay.com to see what we're doing to make an impact and blah, 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 blah. Uh, Frito-Lay. It's about people. It's people. <laughs> Frito Lay. Boy, you take out one word and it's a very different yeah, ad. You, you blow the dust off of that cookbook. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so, this is uh, what. So, Jason posted that. I don't think Jason had uh, a lot of comments on it, he just wanted to share it. But uh, this was written by Jeff Beer in Fast Company. Brands taken to the airwaves to not-so-humble brag is nothing new. What's interesting here is how Frito-Lay dolls up this message in a decidedly anti-ad makeover, essentially scolding other brands for being so gauche as to advertise in the middle of a pandemic. I'm going to pause here for a moment to say that a listener, Rachel, responded... um, We saw this commercial in the wild last night. We wondered who they were taking a swing at with the whole we didn't redesign our logo line. And that apparently is a whole thing I didn't know about. The Fast Company article mentions it, that all these logos like McDonald's took each arch and separated them in Britain. So any a, a bunch of a bunch of companies that have famous logos in which things are interlocked have all had the same idea, which is to take those interlocked things and separate them to signal that separate that social distancing is good. McDonald's did it, and I saw that when it went kind of viral. They took the you know each of the golden arches and separated them. Audi did it with their interlocked four circles. Uh, I, the one that was uh, highlighted in this uh, article that that they linked to in the Fast Company story uh, was also included Volkswagen, where the the V and the W, which are interlocked like vertically, were were spread apart, which was very weird looking. Like mm-hmm. McDonald's and Audi. Like you can, you can, you can understand. Like your brain can do the math on how they look when they're back together. But when you separate the V and the W, 
it creates a whole different shape. It almost looks like a Wonder Woman logo. Yes, exactly. But so that's what McDonald's is talking about. We didn't change our logo. That would have been lost or on me. Or that's what uh, Frito-Lay, right? I'm sorry, Frito-Lay, yeah. right. Um, yeah, like why do they have to like give, give the finger to the companies that did other kinds of marketing things? I guess why not? Well, that's what Jeff Beer is saying here. He's saying... Um, they're essentially scolding other brands for being so gauche as to advertise in the, in the middle of a pandemic. But why not dispense with the pretense and just create a feel-good ad that puts to shame those other vapid commercial gestures with the substance of the jobs that Lay's created and, and the effect of that financial support in a no-nonsense manner? Using an ad to basically add shame everyone else is where Frito-Lay lost me. It comes across less as it's about people and more about it's about us people. Um, so that I think that's where the, this particular commentator comes down saying, uh, I don't know, do we have to be taking shots at other brands when you are a brand trying to sell your product? Like this isn't for Flamin' Hot Cheetos, but at the end of the day, they're doing this stuff so that they can sell more Flamin' Hot Cheetos at some point. Yeah, I guess that's true. I. It's interesting because it's not like they have identified their competitor i mean you know mcdonald's isn't really a competitor for frito-lay mm-hmm. audi's not a competitor of frito-lay so yeah like why take these shots at these other brands and it kind of gets back to uh i know we we always wind up here but this idea of like an ad is not an ad that's not an ad an ad that is anti-advertising um but i also can understand like i I've been in, I've had clients and, and been in communication jobs where the company or the organization is doing a really good thing, but nobody knows about it. And then it is really frustrating when you're doing a really good thing because that's your mission or whatever. And some competitor or some other company gets credit for doing either the same thing that you're doing, but later or a, or a lightweight version of the thing that you're doing. And you're like, well, we didn't go out and beat our chest about it because that's not our that's not our character. But it would it is nice to get credit for things. And it's also nice to be known as who you are. It's also nice to be recognized for who you are, because ultimately that recognition is valuable, not just in terms of how many bags of chips you sell, but like what kind of people do you attract to your company? What kind of investors do you attract to your company? What kind of um you know, just all all the things that it takes to run a company. It's not necessarily always just about what you're selling, but like who you are and how you're seen, how you're how you're understood in the world. Here's the question, and it's not even a fair question, but I'll throw it out here. I was thinking it during uh, while I was reading this today. Do we think that Frito Lay would have done all of this stuff? If there was no way for them to tell anybody, mm-hmm. investors, right, uh, the general public, even their employees, but just the people who were in charge who had to do this stuff, who had to know about it to implement it, would they have like? I uh, I talk on the radio all the time, so there's very few things that I don't talk about. But, I mean, there must be something that I donate to every now and then just truly because I believe in it. The, uh, 
now I'm going to list them all. That defeats the purpose. But like you and I, as human beings in this world, there are causes that are really important to us that we donate our, yeah. our family finances towards or, or some of my small little things like a journal, a local journalist here or there or whatever. And I do it not because I want to tell anybody about it, but simply because that person's work is important to me. So I want to make sure that they keep on doing it. Do you think that a huge corporation like Frito-Lay does any of this stuff and and that they would do it if there was no chance of being able to brag about it in this way. Well, I think the analog of would we do would we do we donate to charity and not tell people about it is doesn't quite work because there's no other than maybe I guess reputationally, but we don't we don't see any benefit to our bottom line if our reputations are seen as virtuous. Here's what I'll say. I don't think everything that they list in that commercial is created equal. Did they create 3000 jobs with benefits because they're a because they're good people no they didn't create those jobs are not charity like they have work for 3,000 people I'm glad they do I'm glad they pay benefits I hope they pay pay a living wage they didn't mention that um but they didn't create those jobs out of charity they created them and hopefully made them you know hopefully pay them and and compensate them fairly because they have work for 3,000 people and that's great that's good news but it's not it's not done out of the kindness of anyone's heart do they come you know they 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 contribute uh to you know food charities basically mm-hmm. i love that they had to say nutritious meals because otherwise you'd just be picturing like yeah doritos yeah um but you know would they like most companies do a certain amount of of philanthropy um just to be sit just to be good citizens now they always they also try to get credit for it in the public eye so if there was no possibility of credit i don't know what we would see see that's what and that's what i mean you're absolutely right about the jobs thing that's like kind of part and parcel we're a company and by being a company we're contributing to society and the economy like that and that's fine and that's good and i don't want them not to be able to do these things but i do think the giving to charity thing them giving to various food uh organizations that help people get meals is good. You and I do that literal thing. We contribute to organizations that help people get meals. And you said we don't do that to help our bottom line. That's my point. We just do it because we think it's the right thing to do because we want to help other people. Now, of yeah, course, I'm talking I, about it on the, on the well, air, but that's not my point. My point is I don't think a corporation, even though we now treat them like people, would do any of this shit if they can't put out at least a press release. Probably not. I guess you have to look at it in this sense. It's good that we have a culture, and I'm. <laughs> Genevieve's eyes just here. rolled up to the ceiling. Because I don't think we have a culture that's. I mean, look, look around you. Like we're not a culture that thinks collectively. Um, just look at the state houses that have been stormed by people who can't get their hair cut. Mm-hmm. Patriots, you mean patriots? I'm who can't sorry, get their the haircut. patriots who can't yeah. get their hair cut. Um, but uh, you know, idea. Ide- Ideally, we have a culture that that applauds and uh, and is happy for those who can to give to those those who have to to be charitable to those who don't have. Just broadly speaking, we 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 do you know it's written into our tax code, although less so now. Like as a culture, we've decided charity is a good thing. So our culture creates that expectation. A company like Frito-Lay responds to that expectation and then tells us about it so that they can let us know, the society know, that they're meeting the expectation. So it's sort of hard to separate that out, right? Like it, it would be hard to know, it would be hard to have a culture that applauds philanthropy 
that in which there was, you know, and you, you can't take out the, the cause and the effect. Mm-hmm. You can't separate them is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, yeah, I, I, I think I understand what you're saying, but I just don't, I, I think the general question of just saying that like Frito-Lay trying to, I, I think it's especially important in this case because they're not just bragging about what they're doing but they're taking shots at other companies and if we've established that the reason they're doing that is just so they can enhance their brand and and advertise then like that's not I think that's the point of the Fast Company article like don't be shitty while you're being good because the only reason you're being good is so that people think you're less shitty yeah I I think this I think this ad is is fine and unremarkable except for the fact that they took time to take pot shots for no reason at other at other for-profit companies mm-hmm. other private enterprise companies that uh were you know responding in a way they found facile i mean i think that this this feels like somebody someone high up was like this mcdonald's separating the arches is bullshit yeah you know right. Yeah, I will move on here. But I will say that now now I'm all kind of whipped up about this. I'm going to make a pledge right now. I am not going to eat any more Frito-Lay uh, <laughs> products except for Fritos and Lay's. Are they Frito-Lay <laughs> company? I think like all the chips are. <laughs> I know. I know my are. Cheetos are. What about uh, my Bugles? Probably not. I don't know. I, whoever makes Bugles probably doesn't admit it. I love bugles. Okay. Um, So here's another very serious kind of approach to advertising during the pandemic. Megan posted this to Facebook. Does uh, she says, does the narrator's voice crack a bit at the end of this commercial? I'm torn between my natural cynicism and being a bit touched by this. Uh, Right now, this ad is all over Hulu. And so this is for Kroger slash QFC. I've seen this on, um, on cable television as well. Have you, Genevieve? I have. This is all about the workers. And it really focuses on the people who are working in the stores, who are clerking, who are loading the shelves, who are driving the trucks, you know, at the loading docks. To our QFC associates, for the long hours and late nights, for the miles traveled and the shelves restocked, for making a difference in our customers' lives, for doing so much more than your job, Everyone at the Kroger family of brands and our customers say thank you. In a time when daily life feels a bit uncertain, your hard work is keeping America fed. Did you hear it at the end there? I don't think her voice cracks. In fact, I think it's interesting that you sort of hear a smile in her voice up until the very end. Like it's it's, it's very sincere, but also kind of smiling at the the hard work these people are doing. I don't know if you heard that at all. I, I yeah, sort of I did. mean, I I don't think it's it's nothing really overt, but I can hear what Megan is saying in terms of the the person who's voicing this really trying to inject a lot of emotion uh, into it. So yeah, I mean, I think it sort of depends on how your maybe where your brain is when you hear it but mm-hmm. it's certainly not like a cold read mm-hmm. um david responded to this on facebook and says the ad is nice but as a grocery checker i think it looks too good show us sweating in masks and gloves sanitizing our stands over and over checking out unending lines of people and playing traffic cop for people who can't understand six feet apart Folks might have a little bit more empathy. We're getting additional hazard pay, plus there's a one-time bonus. We were making the best of it, and my coworkers and I look out for each other. It's easy to make an ad like this, but real actions mean much more. Boy, themes 
real actions yes. meaning more than just messages. Yeah, I'm David, thank you so much for writing in about your experience. Um I absolutely hope that people understand that people should be paid a living wage and be paid hazard pay for jobs like this where um you know, it's it truly is hazardous. So, and people stand 6 feet apart. Yeah. Like Stand on the tape lines. They're right there. And be nice to the people at the grocery store. I know that in a lot of places, I mean, I, I don't know what it's like in all parts of the country, but certainly the the main panic has died down significantly from where it was eight weeks ago. But I was hearing horror stories from listeners who work in grocery stores about the ways they were being traded, Awful. yelled at. I, we had a voicemail on TBTL from, from a woman who worked at Costco and from people swearing at her and accusing her of hoarding stuff in the <gasps> back and just like, just being awful and like listen i don't know that the person who's checking you out at the grocery store necessarily wants to chat with you so i'm not saying go out of your way to be annoying but do go out of your way not to be awful you know be nice whatever that looks like because um i don't know i also feel you know me i just love my grocery store like i love seeing the regular people there even some of the people who like i avoid their <laughs> i avoid their uh checkout stands because i don't necessarily want to engage with them um but like watching this commercial i saw a butcher for a second who reminded me of the butcher at my safeway and for a second i actually thought it was him i was like oh um and i like i it occurred to me i feel real affection towards that butcher i like going in and he will give you advice and if you buy a bunch of meat he'll ask you what you're doing with it and give you some tips or whatever and so i that's a community that i tend to love anyway yeah and it bums me out to know that not only are they putting themselves literally in harm's way but are also being treated terribly by people awful i mean there have been this this week has been very bad for uh our for serious people being treated well i mean there was someone who actually got shot oh god did you hear about this it was awful um I think it was at a dollar store. I forget what state it was in, but he told a customer she needed to wear a mask. Uh, she first spat at him and then brought, yeah. then called her family members and one of her her father or brother, I'm not exactly sure which one, came back and shot and killed him. Oh, my God. And then a park ranger got pushed into the water this week, or maybe it was last week, for telling people to spread out. What I mean, is we're, wrong? We are animals. The, I was going to say the world. What is it's wrong not, with this country? Yeah, it's us. It's us. Ugh, God. It us. It us. All right. We're not going to spend all this show talking about very serious COVID-19, <laughs> not 2024 uh, related issues. COVID-1. I have one more serious one, and then we'll pull ourselves out of this morass. Britt posted this to the Facebook page. Um it's an ad from HBO, actually, that's called It's Okay Not to Feel Okay. Britt writes, this is more from the check your mental health desk of the ad world, this time from HBO. Britt adds, I think this is a great ad, but it's starting to make me question whether I should feel this reasonably well-adjusted right now. What am I missing here? Um, so let me play the ad, and then we can kind of address that. And you said you saw this in the wild? I generally? did, yeah. I saw this yesterday, I think, uh, while I was watching Westworld. Um, and it's got a bunch of famous people, some of whom I recognize, some of whom I I. I can tell are famous, but I just don't watch whatever they're in. But it opens with they're Lena. all people from HBO shows. Yeah, I assume. Yeah. Um, uh, but it opens with Lena Dunham uh, and then goes on from there. Yeah, you got Lena Dunham. And I, I don't know a lot of these people, too, but they show these people in whatever their program is. So you see Lena Dunham looking kind of depressed in the TV show Girls. You see Bill Maher at one point, not necessarily looking depressed, but the voices 
are clearly recorded at home in whatever device they have now. Yeah, well, it cuts from some product that some show that they're in to them now. Okay, all of them are that way. I think some of them are just them now, right? No, oh, maybe. I don't know, but let's let's take a listen. It's okay to think you're in a toxic relationship with the world right now. It's okay to be depressed. It's okay if it's hard to find the words to express how you feel. It's okay if you're feeling more cynical than usual. It's okay if you're panicking over an inability to control your life right now. It's okay to have trouble maintaining your normal routine while staying home. It's okay not to feel the most fabulous right now. It's okay if you want to curse more than you usually do. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And it says it's okay not to feel okay. It's okay to talk about how COVID-19 is making you feel. And then it gives a phone number if you need help or you know anybody who needs help. Um, Yeah, not to belabor Genevieve, but I'm pretty sure that those are all new recorded voiceovers. I don't think any of that came from the show's. No, but they each were shown in their show before they were. Oh, that's what I I thought I said that. Yeah, yeah. There's clips of them in their show in character, but then the voiceover is all clearly new voiceover that they recorded somewhere in their corner of the world. Sorry, I misunderstood what you you were saying. Well, if you misunderstood it, chances are that's on me. So anyway, (laughs) a good clarification. So um, yeah, and Britt says, it's a good ad. I don't have any issues with it, but... All of these, like, it's okay not to feel okay makes me wonder, should I be feeling worse about this situation than I am right now? Or, or feeling worse in as far as my mental state is concerned? If you're feeling okay, I would say... Uh, it's okay to feel okay? It's okay to feel okay, too. Yeah, take it and run. Um, I feel okay. You know, I mean, I feel grateful. I think like most people who have... Um, pay a paycheck certainly I feel grateful for that and you know we have a roof over our heads and no immediate we're not in any immediate um personal danger I do think too though even if you have all those things the world is really scary and it's getting scarier and it's it's kind of unbelievable what's happening particularly on the national stage it's it's unimaginable so if even if you feel like it's uh like you are like you're grateful for what you have, it's okay to to feel upset about that too. I it's, think, in fact, that's probably exactly. I think you just nailed it. That's exactly who this commercial is aimed at. The people like if you, you look and at afford HBO, exactly, are still doing exactly, are still doing okay in like the broad sense or it, economically. Yeah. It, people like you and I, who when people ask how are you doing, we just say we're so lucky. We couldn't be in a better situation to ride this out. Knock on wood. Both haven't have any interruption in our in our jobs or paychecks but there's still an anxiety around it i'm not trying to say that i've been suffering from uh, any any um over the top mental repercussions of this but um for those people who look around them and say i have everything i'm in a really good position right now but i feel terrible and i feel like i'm falling apart just acknowledging that you don't have to keep on just saying I'm not allowed to feel this way because I'm lucky or privileged. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think you take it one day at a time. Not every day. Some days feel bad. Some days feel like I feel pretty dread. I feel, I feel a feeling of dread. Mm-hmm. I, f- I always think I feel dreadful, but I mean it not like <laughs> yeah. dreadful. You think that a lot, did you say? Yeah, sometimes because when I, when I feel anxiety, which is not that common for me, I'm not a particularly anxious person, 
But like all people, I have emotions and I can feel anxiety. And I always experience it as a sense of just sort of uh, unformed, a shapeless dread, mm-hmm. a feeling that something um, something bad is going to happen. Um, and so I always think, oh, I feel dreadful today. Hmm, that's interesting. And sad, sort of. <laughs> it's pretty rare. Um, I didn't mean that to, to make fun. Um, this is from listener Kelly, by the way. This is a COVID-related commercial, but it's definitely a different tone. This is uh, Budweiser. Of course, you remember the, I should have written down the year. What would have been 1999? The was up commercial, <laughs> all the bros in the house and in other houses and they call each other up. I mean, you re- I'm sure you remember the what's up commercial very well if you're listening to this podcast. And they basically have just resurrected it in its original form. The only thing they do is at the very, very beginning, there are two lines they change, and at the end, there's one little line they change. And I think they just do it with a quick voiceover that matches the lip the, the lip movement. And instead of saying, nothing just watching the game, they say, nothing just coviding, or, or I'm sorry, not coviding. They say, uh, just quarantining, quarantining. Or, or just whatever. So here, take, take a quick listen to this for as much as we can listen to it. This is one of the most tough uh, audio things that we ever play on the show when it comes up as these guys screaming was up. It's such a terrible sound. <laughs> Hello? Hey, who? What's up? Nothing, B. In quarantine? Having a bud? What's up with you? Nothing. Could you hear, by the way, I don't know if our listeners can by the time I compress this down, that the audio is clean except when they redo that that kind of a third line of dialogue there you hear a kind of a high-pitched hiss in the background because clearly somebody recorded this in their not ideal studio right now they had to they had to recut this just slightly for the times and they can't get to a professional studio to make it the very best so just listen really really closely i hope this translates hello hey who what's up nothing b in quarantine having a bud so, but you, nothing. Quarantining, having a bud. True, true. What's up? What's up? Yo, who's that? Yo, you pick up the phone. Hello. What's up? What's up? Okay, the thing, I mean, it's all just the same exact commercial from before, and then we get back to the very end. So you okay, B? I'm good, B. Just quarantining, having a bud. Thanks for checking in. Then it says, Bud Support Buds, check on yours. What do you think, Viv? I like it. It's a cute little... Yeah, yeah. I'm not mad at it. Nor am I. Um, and I, here's the In deal, a certain though. way, it's a little more um, relatable than the kind of HBO, yeah. John Turturro, like, giving me the serious eyes. <laughs> I never want John Turturro giving me the serious eyes in real <laughs> life, man. I couldn't handle it. Um, yeah, I agree. I like it. In fact, though, I think that's only running in Britain because the article that Kelly posted about this that's says weird. I could be wrong, but here's what the article said. Because in the article, I'm wondering if um, if uh, Marketing Week is a British publication because it didn't say that specifically, but it went into stats about how many Britons are serve are suffering from. Uh, mental health issues or whatever right. and all the references and they called just... the elevator the lift <laughs> yes and they said some people are 
uh, sad that they can't open their boot. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but anyway, but then this is also in the article. It says, quote, in the U.S., meanwhile, Budweiser has enlisted sports stars, including basketball players Dwayne Wade, Chris Wade, and Candace Parker, to create a new version of the ad. In the spot, the stars take part in a FaceTime call where they ask each other, what's up? So this is a, a, a brand new commercial Totally reshot. Um, here's how it's going to go down. Dwayne Wade, and you can kind of picture it now. It's not Zoom, but it's some sort of fake right. Zoom-like interface. Dwayne Wade dials up Chris Bosh. Then they dial up Candace Parker of the WNBA. Then they call Dwayne's wife, Gabrielle Union, into the shot. They're like, hey, hey, where's where's Gabrielle? So she comes in. And then at some point, they dial up DJ D-Nice. So here, take a listen to the new version of this. Hey, yo, my guy, what's up, man? What's up with you? <laughs> Nothing, just rewatching some games, having a bud. I'm always rewatching old games. <laughs> what's up? <laughs> oh, it's the goat. What you doing, girl? Nothing. Gave up on cooking, living off of snacks, having a bud. True, true. Here's D Nice popping on. Yo, what's up? What's up? What's up? And he mutes his hey, mic. Hey, oh, you nice. AOD, where's Gab? Oh, she on kid duty. Hold on. Hey, yo, Gab. What's up? What's up? <laughs> What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> For real, though. What's up with everybody? Yeah. You guys staying safe? Hey, thanks for asking. The family's doing great. It's really nice to see you guys. Good to hear it. Awesome. We have no complaints. It's crazy times, but we're good. That's true, true. so effective. You like that? I really like it. It's not polished. You uh -huh. can't, you know, they're not actors to begin with, and they're not in, you know, no one can really direct them effectively. So the fact that they were that naturalistic... And I thought, Gab I mean, Gabrielle Union is an actress, so mm -hmm. she's obviously... She clearly, she, she does can, light up the room, she doesn't she? She lights up the room yeah. in a way that the the players just can't as much, I think. Um, but they, they're all very... But Chris Bosh, when he makes the kind of turn at the end to be kind of sincere, it's yeah, sweet, it's I believable. I think it really, it, it uh, it's felt very genuine, and uh, I think that was really effective. At the end, it says, need to talk. The Salvation Army has trained staff available, and they have a phone number for people. It's funny. I kind of go back, and I went, the first time I saw this, especially com especially compared to the, the original one where they just tweak it, I thought that the subtle approach I liked a lot more, and this seemed a little over the top for me like a couple of hours ago, but now I'm sitting here watching it with you and getting a little misty-eyed. So, yeah. I don't know. My hormones may be out of whack. Or it's not a fantastic it doesn't have fantastic pacing, but as we all know from now doing Zoom calls with our friends, neither do those calls, and yet it is still good to see people's faces and joke around. And at one point, they call uh, Candace Parker the goat, of course, greatest of all time, but she's also opens the call wearing a goat, like full goat mask on her head. Well, as, it's, as a, a, well it's a filter. Oh, is it a filter? I thought, yeah, she, yeah. I thought she actually took uh, it off. I, th I thought it was a, a goat I filter. I yeah. was watching yeah. it quickly. I thought yeah. it was like a rubber mask, yeah. but anyway... Uh, she has a goat mask on her face, whether it's digital or whatever. Um, and it's the kind of thing that, you know, having done Zoom calls with friends, now people do like they they do little jokes or they have a guitar out or they, uh, 
you know, they're playing music for you or something. And, and it, there was an organic quality to this that felt very unstudied. And I thought very nice. And, and I, I think it's kind of interesting. Um, we say this a lot in, in the, in my job where we talk about like, Oh, look, you know, we're, this will, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. Right. And so what I think interesting innovations will come out of this and not that we won't want to go back to a lot of the way we used to do things, but I think some interesting innovations will come out of it. And that it probably includes in marketing. Yeah, and in all kinds of arts, too. Yeah. I don't know if you consider marketing and art, but I do. Um, okay, so those are all of the... Do you have any other COVID-19 or COVID-24 related comments before we just totally move on? I hope this isn't where some conspiracy theory gets started, that there's a COVID-24 waiting in the <laughs> yeah, wings. No, I hope not. Okay, because Genevieve, I have some great news for you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's time to do a little Dr. Doctor in. <laughs> doctor! Doctor! What should I do? Tell me! Doctor! Doctor! What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? My doll is ill. She has high fever. What it's a little cliche as a podcast to play this song. I know every podcast yes. always plays it. Um, it's a sure, surefire way to attract listeners. Yeah. But well, I don't it gets know. everybody I just dancing. Love it. it gets people dancing. Uh, but don't blame me if you don't like that song because this is on Harvey. Harvey says, doctor, doctor, what should I do? Is it just me or is this commercial missing a key plot point that could make it actually work? And it is for the Nintendo Switch, of course, the portable Nintendo device that everybody wants. Uh, when I say everybody wants, I mean me. I know. Uh, because everybody else has it already. Um, but my mommy girlfriend hasn't bought it for me oh, yet. God. <laughs> I realized I was I, re- I realized whatever joking I was doing there was on the edge of that, so I figured let's just get it out of the way. My apologies to you, Genevieve, and the audience. So this is for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, and Harvey says he does not understand what is going on in this commercial. We see a, a long-haul truck driver pull up to a diner, and then suddenly he's sitting inside the diner. Very much reminiscent, by the way, of the old Coke Pepsi commercials, that style diner. It really... This should be a commercial for diners, <laughs> by the way. It made me want to go to a diner so bad. Boy, diners won't need a commercial when this no, crisis ends. Um, but uh, anyway, so he's uh, sits he's sitting at the diner counter, and he's playing this new Zelda game. Legend of Zelda, the breath of the wild. Um, And then all of a sudden it cuts to nighttime outside the diner. His truck is parked outside the diner. He's, you know, sleeping in his truck. So we sort of see him. It's like nighttime inside the truck. He's getting ready for bed and he's playing his video game. Diners aren't truck stops. Yeah, maybe it's a truck stop diner, though. Take a look at that. Um, There's just a lot of confusion here. And then his phone rings and his kid picks up and he talks to his kid for a little bit. And that's where the commercial ends ends so he he pauses the game at the end and talks to his kid for a couple of seconds and then and then that's it all right where were we there you are here we go here we go yes sorry that took forever (laughs) he's talking to the um the waitress at the diner he says sorry that took forever i don't know what took forever some achievement unlocked oh i see i see that's why he was he's apologizing for getting excited okay sorry that took forever (laughs) now it's nighttime he's in his truck playing the game phone rings hey buddy Uh, one more sleep 
Love you, buddy. Out into the open world? That's my way to play. Nintendo Switch. And I gotta say, man, I watched this the first time through, and I it just seemed... And you know what I'm looking at? This is on the official Nintendo um, YouTube page, and this is... they. Sp- specify that this is a 30 second cut of this commercial i wonder if there's a 60 second version that makes more sense because <laughs> this does seem like a michigas to me it's just it's like it's all happening so fast and it seems like we're supposed to be buying into some narrative but it's unclear what the narrative is because it's all just jammed in there yeah i i think the mistake that we are making as viewers and it's and if the commercial is making us make this mistake then that's on the commercial makers but there are some commercials that are just slice of life, right? Like mm-hmm. we're, people are using our product and they're just out doing their lives. And this and our product doesn't necessarily enable them to to deliver the milk on time or whatever, or, you know, or you know, be a rocket scientist, but it's something that they like to have. It's it's a this is like this is this is one of the kind of people that would have our product and enjoy it. And so it's just him doing going about his daily life. He's eating at a diner. He's sleeping in his truck. He's talking to his kid, and his form of entertainment that he likes to have is this switch. So it's not really about a narrative. It's just a slice of life. I'm looking on iSpot, and I'm not seeing a longer version of this. Of course, I'm not seeing this version on iSpot either. But I I just – I am with Harvey. I think it's very confusing because it seems like something bigger is implied. And I've seen other Switch commercials that – like a selling point for a Switch is – well, obviously, it's portability. So I guess you're arguing that that's the main case here. Um but also there have been other Switch commercials that really emphasize playing with your kid. When Have you seen these? Like when you're on the road in a hotel room, your kid can be at home and you're playing the same game together. I haven't seen those. I don't really understand what a Switch is and I won't respond to it. No. <laughs> I swear I, we didn't talk about that. There's a really cute commercial with a dad uh, staying in touch with, I believe, his daughter at home by dialing up the Switch together at nighttime, even though she's in a different location. We may have. There's a bunch of those kinds of products that have been advertised where people interact with their kids while they're on a business trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that maybe the confusion here is that he calls his, he has an interaction with a kid and it feels like there should be some connection between his father, his, the fact of his being a father and the fact that he has this device that could be an interactive device, but instead it's just his like mm-hmm. time wasting device. Um, and so maybe bringing the kid into it creates an expectation that they weren't intending. Um, David uh, wrote on Facebook kind of kind of what I'm saying, which is what plot point is missing? To me, the commercial makes sense, but I'm also a gamer who has a Switch, so I'm probably not going to view it the same way others might. And I think that's probably... Uh, I wonder if that's true for other people who have a Switch. Like, they recognize themselves in this guy. He's just like... He's a regular Joe. He seems like a nice person. He was polite to the waitress. He, you know, he has a working class job. He's a nice dad. And this is the kind of, it's a persona. This is the kind of person that might like this product. Yeah. I mean, it's about establishing himself as a persona. I'm still with Harvey that it it does seem like there's something bigger going with the seriousness of the music. And it it seems like there's, if you're going to throw the kid in there, it seems like the commercial should be showing how the game brings you closer to your kid. Yeah, I guess. I mean, something. not every not every product does that, though. I mean, this product could do that, but but that's not the use case that's being being presented here. Now, I have a um, a much 
Um, I don't know. I, I have a whole nother theory about what the use cases because I think it's more than just a slice of life, and I think it's more subtle. And I, I feel like I'm building up for a joke. Just for the record, I'm honestly not this time. I actually have a theory about this. I think it's a little bit. I think it's going to be maybe hard to convince you of this, but I'm quite serious about it. I'm going to play it from the beginning for uh, just a second here because there's a line that happens near the beginning that I think is important. All right, where were we? It's that line right there. Okay, where were we? You think he's working, then, he's playing with somebody else. And then he's, no, no. Oh. So the, he, the very first line of the commercial is, he. we kind of just see him leaving his truck, he gets into the diner, and then we see a close-up of him picking up his game, and he says, okay, where were we? Then later on, he says to the waitress, sorry, it took me a long time to, to achieve something in the game. And then at the end, he's playing by himself again, and then his kid calls and he sets the game down. Believe it or not, Genevieve, I think they are trying to highlight a pause feature. I'm being oh. dead serious. Yeah. Because I play games that you can't pause. Sure. A lot of games are online now. And if other people are like live experiencing Yeah, and them, I can't pause yeah. it or whatever. And I think that what they're trying to say here is this isn't just for this device for the people who are on the go, but one of the things is not just the portability and the size of it, but also you can stop it when life gets in the way and then you can pick it up again yeah. when you need to. I think that's the feature. I just think it's a weird feature and it's done kind of subtly. You think the feature is weird? No, I mean, I think that, I don't think it's weird. I thought you would think I was weird to have this theory that the entire commercial is based on the pause function. No, I think that's actually a great theory, and it was a little bit lost on me, but I wonder if it would not be lost on a more uh, experienced gamer. Because sometimes, like, when we're in the living room I mean, or you, something. It wasn't lost on you. You want me to pay attention to something on the TV, and I'm sitting there, and you think I'm present, but I'm not. I'm in my stupid Hearthstone game, right. and I can't, like, stop playing. You'll because miss your turn. Some, I'm going to miss my turn. There's literally something counting down, and there's a lot more games like that if other people are involved. And so m my theory is, while some of these Nintendo Switch commercials show the interactive experience that you can experience if you're playing online with somebody else, I think this one is underscoring that you don't have to do that that you can pause it and play on your own schedule well the, the name of the commercial would back up your theory because it, on on uh, youtube it's called nintendo switch my way my way yeah so anyway uh so i probably believe good doctor that. doctoring although you more I didn't just really doctor doctor you more just like diagnosed it diagnosed it yeah may maybe yeah can i tell you something unrelated to this commercial or any commercial but related to Haven't doctor we doctor. already done this <laughs> covid thirty thirty. <laughs> Um, I was watching a live Audubon Society bird lecture last week, as you do. I didn't know that. I did. I've been, I really have been expanding my, what I would consider to be entertainment. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, out of desperation is, is born all kinds of things. So I was like, well, I can't leave the house. I love birds. I'm going on a lot of bird walks. Maybe I'll watch this. Audubon Society lecture. Um, it was it was it was okay, um, but the best part of it was that one of the the people who was giving the lecture was this uh, ornithologist from I want to say somewhere in Scandinavia, and his last name was D O K T E R. D O K T E. Oh, doctor. Oh, yes. You sent me a screen cap. And the woman who was doing the interview from the Audubon Society kept saying, Doctor, doctor, let me ask you something. And it was like an earworm for me. 
I love that so much. So shout out to Dr. Doctor. I wish you'd grab some of the audio. That's wonderful. <laughs> um, okay, how about this one, Genevieve? Do you, can you read this? Do you have this up on the screen? Uh, yes. Okay, this is about a. Uh, this is a commercial for a product called Poise. Oh yes. Now I want to be very clear that I am not dunking on anyone who has who wears uh, any garment for you know bladder leakage or anything like that or anyone who has incontinence issues. This is in no way about dunking on the person who has that issue. Um, but I think Chris does ask some a legitimate question about this commercial for Poise, which is a, which is an adult undergarment uh, uh, product. So Chris says, is anyone else skeeved out by this commercial? Uh, both the condescending tone and terrible tagline. So why don't you go ahead and give this a play? I'll just set it up for you real quick. Ella, it, it's about a woman named Ella. Uh, attractive woman, middle-aged, uh, not elderly, I should, I think it's worth noting. Um, so there's clearly like sort of trying to position this is something that happens to, you know, lots of adults. She's sitting in a boardroom meeting um, and I think is having sort of like being kind of being mansplained to by uh, a dude at the, t- at the top of the table. Here's Ella, whose idea was once again commandeered by Brad. While he droned, her bladder dripped. But she keeps it together because Ella has poise. Poise under pressure and poise in her pants. It takes poise. Poise under pressure and poise in her pants. Poise in her pants is not great, I think. Right. We can agree. (laughs) Poise in her pants is not great. Um, Yeah. um, It is definitely a shit like this. I'll put yes, it that way. For sure. Now, um, now, so, Chris, now, did, did you, you read Chris's statement already? I can't remember. Yeah. So Both he, the condescending he, tone and the terrible tagline. Yeah, Chris identified this as having a condescending tone. It's very challenging to do an ad for a product like this. It's a sensitive topic. It's embarrassing for people. You want to show it to be a, an effective product, but you want to show the person who's using it as not being some, you know, unappealing persona mm-hmm. right and Ella's very appealing she's very attractive she's like you know showing them who's boss at the office when Brad's getting out of control so she's like the Jackie Brown of this boardroom she's an attractive old she's not as old as Jackie Brown was in that movie but she's she's an attractive woman of a certain age who is just like kind of I owning I think you're it. just saying that because she's wearing a blue blazer maybe and she's African American yes yeah. <laughs> you see a black maybe. woman in a blue blazer and your mind immediately goes to Jackie Brown I love Jackie Brown so much <laughs> she is wearing like a it is sort of like an airline blue yeah. that she's wearing um, I don't find it I don't find it like unbearably condescending I think you got to sort of, in the, in the same way that ice skating is judged, you have to consider the level of difficulty when you're <laughs> judging one of these things. Uh-huh. And I would say, again, like any product that is, you know, herpes medicine, adult undergarments, you know, whatever, anything that's sort of like embarrassing is a difficult challenge. And so I don't find this to be particularly off-putting in that way. I will say poison her pants is... yeah. 
that's rough. It's very bad. Yeah, but again, because what they're trying not to also it sounds like poison. Yeah, her pants. Um, what they're trying not to be is one of those commercials that are on, like when you and I are yes. watching a Columbo at ten o'clock at Correct. night, and it's just like a catheter commercial uh, followed by some janky lawyer commercial about how you can sue. Yeah, because and you then like a, a full on adult diaper. Like yeah. this is clearly meant to distinguish it from. A product that would be thought of as an adult diaper. It's described as a panty liner. And let me give you this, too. As far as the voiceover is concerned, I don't know if I hear the the, the, uh, condescension, but... I actually kind of like the lead. What's the name of the the douche in this? Brad. I think it's Brad. Uh, and boy, you is he love Brad. Isn't he a douche in this? He's like a he's a, like a cool young guy with an open collared yeah. shirt and a jacket, and he just looks awful. He looks awful. And so when the voiceover artist says again, and you can hear her literally grit her teeth, I actually think that's a pretty good line read. Let's take a listen. This is a very short commercial. Here's Ella, whose idea was once again commandeered by Brad. Once again. I kind of like the once again. No? Once again. No? Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's good. It's, it's, a, it's a light touch, but I think it's good. Here's Ella, whose idea was once again commandeered <laughs> by Brad. While he droned, her bladder dripped, but she keeps it together. What I find Ella confusing about this commercial is that Everything in the room, including everything that everyone is wearing, is the same color blue. Yeah, there, the, the, there's a TV it's in the background that's just on a screensaver that's like blue. I mean, I actually kind of like it for, as a color palette because... Save it for your color show that we're never going to do. <laughs> do. Do the listeners know about this? I don't know. Andrew always says, like, let's do... I think I've said this before. Let's do a show about colors. And I always say, okay, uh, feel free to produce that. Whenever Genevieve says, what are we going to do about about the show this week? I say, colors. Um, their packaging is purple. And the color palette of the... And so uh, our main character, Ella, has a purple shirt on, but it's mostly covered by her blue jacket that we are talking about before. And yeah, there's a TV in the background. It's just kind of, kind of on a blue screen. The, the walls, walls are blue. The table. But look at... But I the think papers, it, like the, the, the notepads and pens on the table are all the same blue. All different shades of blue, though, with some cool lines and whatnot with the way the shadows were, were kind of pausing this and talking. Um, the the douchebag is wearing a blue blazer. They're all wearing some shade of blue blazer. I like it for a really quick commercial like this. And then at the end, you see their purple packaging on a light blue um, countertop or whatever. I don't know. I, I think it's kind of striking. It's striking, but I found it distracting. Like they're really? all like they're having a meeting in an empty swimming pool. Oh, I think it's legitimately beautiful. And I never thought I'd say that about a panty liner product. <laughs> um, anyway, thanks, Chris. Let's talk about Delta faucet actually kind of a, a shower fixture shower fixture is that how you like a faucet and the whole shower plumbing situation a shower head shower head but also i think the handle that you would turn it on like and you know when you get a nice like okay. kind of faucet situation okay sure the it's fix- a faucet situation the fixtures yeah yeah uh anyway um this is called awaken your awesome and I was intrigued by this because I was not familiar with the commercial. And Felicia posted this to our Facebook page with the comment, I hate having to imagine what his naughty bits are doing during this. Well, that got my attention. Who's he? How, why are naughty bits involved here? What's I'm excited going for this on? Because I have a lot to say. Okay. And so I've watched the commercial here. 
I'm going to hit play for you, although there's not really much for you guys to hear other than oh. there's a guy who looks like he just woke up and he's, his shoulders are slumped and we see him in his Can I interrupt to shorts. say this yeah. is another, this is the kind of commercial that is like house porn. It's like yeah. amazing bathroom that you would die for. Except it's one of those modern showers that does not have a door and they think all the water is going to stay in there like in a hotel room, except the water doesn't stay in there and then you ask where's the door? Maybe there's like along the edge of the, the door opening, there's a little grate. You would hope so. I don't see it here. And I've been in a lot of these showers. Like when you go to any kind of trendy hotel now, it's like this type of thing. Are they saving money on doors? You know what I hate is when they have that glass, the glass wall with no curtain. And then they put the the position, the mirror. So you have to look at yourself during. Wow. It's the worst. (laughs) Okay, Liz Lemon. It was like the other day I went, I was on a Zoom call and I was like, oh, I'm going to go tweak my appearance. You You can like put the, like you can tweak it so that it's like takes out. It gives your skin just a better quality, like smooths oh, yeah. out your skin a little bit. And I was like, oh, I look rough. I should turn that on. And it was already on. <laughs> did you turn it off? And I, speaking of Liz Lemon, did you look like the HD camera yes, episode? It was very bad. <laughs> okay, so this guy is Someone walking. yelled, Crone! So this guy is going to is walking into this beautiful, beautiful shower. He looks like kind of he, from behind right now. He looks a little bit dad body, and he definitely looks like bad posture, like he doesn't want to face the morning. And His then, boxers are like a hilariously too long length. They would never fit under a pair of pants. Um, and then he gets into the shower, and you know he's. He, this is a TV commercial. Obviously, you don't see anything, but he's presumed naked and he's in the shower. He turns on the water and then suddenly his shoulders get some life. We see him from behind and all of a sudden he like, oh, we see, oh, there's some some muscle tone there. And then he just starts dancing around and taking a shower under this Delta faucet situation, as I like to say. Um, he just comes to life and does a huge dance in the shower. Boxers are down. Water's on. Eyes are open, toes are tapping, shoulders looking better. Suddenly, big dance moves. Yes, with some precise editing. Going for it. <laughs> you will fall over and break your neck if you do that. He, in the at the end, he just does. He does some splits. He puts his leg like way up on the on the wall. Um, I mean, it's a, it's cool. It's it is, cool. I like it. It's it is explicit. I would like to say uh, this, though. I'd like to read Felicia's statement again. She says, I hate having to imagine what his naughty bits are doing during this. <laughs> Felicia, you don't have to do that. Yeah, just stop. I will say this, and I don't want to come down too hard on, on the horny Felicia here, but... Because <laughs> I want people to keep writing into the show, show title. without people worrying that I'm going to call him horny Felicia, but... You're all horny Felicias, and you know it. Um... I have seen this commercial before. When I read Felicia's comments, I thought, ooh, I haven't seen this. And I watched it. I'm like, oh, no, I've seen this commercial. I've never thought about that before. Um, I don't know that I had any thoughts about this commercial. So I, w- I was really expecting them to be implying specifically right. like these shots that are kind of like, what's going on down here? I didn't yeah. even know what it was. Like the shower head disappears right. and then his eyes roll back or something. Now, I mean, maybe Felicia can't turn those thoughts off, so she does have to imagine it. But I don't know <laughs> that that's on the commercial, Felicia. That's all I want to say. But you said you had a lot of thoughts. Well, I have seen this one, actually. And I will say the editing is very precise in that there are some shots where, you know, 
you would you would be you're almost seeing his junk right i mean it's it's edited such that you don't but like it's pretty is it true it's I, a narrative when, they sh- when it's shot the... right down on him oh. and, his, and he like does like a sort of a like a splits you know it's again precise and i've been noticing that a lot lately not just with this one which is for shower fixtures but there is a cl- uh, commercial for i want to say dollar shave club it might be the other one it might be harry's mm-hmm. where a woman it gets in the shower and you sees her husband's or her partner's razor her male partner's razor and she uses it and they really show her uh doing some acrobatics mm-hmm. to get at all the bits oh i see yeah you know of course again the editing is such that you don't actually see anything but i'm always like i'm always a little scandalized <laughs> you're scandalized pretty easily i am though, easily scandalized like. yeah yeah the, the commercial where they show a, a cat get uh that's become dirty hairless. yeah all these razor commercials are just too too scandalous oh, for me <laughs> somebody please think of the children don't think of the children think of the genovese <laughs> won't somebody please think of the genovese but yeah <laughs> You can sell anything. You can sell anything. You and Felicia, man. Horny Felicia. <laughs> I'm sorry, Felicia. <laughs> I made Genevieve laugh. I will do anything to make Genevieve laugh, even if that means throwing you under the bus. Uh, thanks, everybody. That was a really fun show. Thanks for putting it together. Thank you. Uh, with for, all, yeah, well, well, I was thanking the listeners. Thank you, thank you to the listeners, and thank yeah. you, Andrew, for, for uh, putting it together. Yeah, honestly, I just took today. their comments and read them, so that was great. Um, please join the Facebook group. Just look for After These Messages Show on Facebook. I learned today when putting the show together that I actually do have access to it i just can't post on it myself so don't shit talk me there because i might see it also we have an email and a voicemail right we have an email at after these messages show at gmail and we have a voicemail which is sadly empty these days i opened it up today empty not not a jingle a moth flew out uh, 607-444-5597. That's 607-444-5597. Stay healthy, guys. We love you. Talk to you next week. Oh, dip. It seems once again back again with the caravan of Manchester from Pakistan. Karachi Posse Zaki's poppy. Uh, Red Octagons couldn't stop me. I burn headband. My eyes all droopy. I have gooey foodies. Zoobies.